The Women of Color STEM Conference presents Keep the Flames Burning, connecting values, preserving identity, and cultivating passion to avoid burnout. A professional development seminar featuring Senior Project Manager for Mathematica Policy Research, Petula Brown. When emails pile up, coworkers test your patience, and organizational politics create conflict, it can be a part-time job to stay focused and committed. Most employees, despite finding work that they feel is aligned with what they enjoy, experience varying levels of burnout throughout their careers. All professionals, at all levels, need to share tools and techniques to stay connected to the vision, mission, and goals. For some, you may feel that you are in a position that may not quite fit your bigger vision. The challenge for you is still the same. We must connect with our values, find ways to express our identity and creativity, and find passion. Wherever you go, there you are. Become a professional who seeks opportunities to express your greatness despite changing tasks and circumstances. This workshop will help you re-energize and shift your thinking in ways that can turn a dead end into a multiple path of opportunities, morale, and effectiveness. Without further ado, the Women of Color STEM Conference presents Keep the Flames Burning, Connecting Values, Preserving Identity, and Cultivating Passion to Avoid Burnout, a professional development seminar featuring Petula Brown and Brandy Merritt. Good afternoon. <laughs> I, think awoke, I think I woke some folks up. Let's try this again. I'll wait. <laughs> Good afternoon. <laughs> Thank you. It's wonderful to have you. We are so excited to host you today for our seminar, Keep the Flames Burning, Tools to Beat Burnout. Now, I will tell you that we use a lot of tools to beat burnout. And I want to start with introducing a person who's an expert at beating burnout, two people. The first one is me. My name is Brandy Merritt. It's a pleasure to have you here today and to chat with you about this topic. And I work for Consumers Energy. I'm a strategy director there. Uh, my former companies have been General Motors. I like to say I was born and raised at General Motors. Whirlpool Corporation, Ford Motor Company, and now happily at Consumers Energy. I'm a proud mom of two busy, busy boys. <laughs> They're 12 and 9, and the wife to a husband for the last uh, 28 years this year. So tools to beat burnout <laughs> are uh, something I'm passionate about and I use every day. So I'm so happy to see you. And I'd also like for Petula Brown to introduce herself and share a little bit. Good afternoon. So quick about me. Uh, my name is Petula Brown. I have two kids as well, a 16-year-old and a 9-year-old. And I work at Mathematica, which is a policy research firm. I got my undergrad at Cornell, my master's in health administration from the University of Michigan. And I've worked um, in Ernst & Young, which is a part of that consulting firm. I've worked at the DMC, Detroit Medical Center, Health Alliance Plan, Trinity Health because uh, my focus is healthcare IT, and I look forward to us having a great discussion together. All right, so today I'm going to serve double duty so that Petula can sit, and I will stand, and I'll be your moderator today, and Petula will be on the dais 
and we'll bounce back and forth to each other and uh, we're so happy to be here to serve you today. So something Petula and I like to do, we really want to keep you energized, we want to have fun, and we want to make sure that we're meeting your needs today around tools to avoid burnout. So we're actually going to start with one tool that we use as proud moms, proud wives, and, and proud co-workers at our companies to keep us engaged, to keep us focused, to keep us safe, and to have fun. Is everybody ready? I'm sorry. Is everybody ready? Okay. We're going to start with a little stretching. Everybody stand up. Burnout, and that's something easy we can all do. You can do it right at your desk, in your office, at home, at work, while you're uh, waiting for the your kids' play to start at school, while you're you know with girlfriends out. You can just do a quick stretch, and it makes you feel loose and energized and a little bit uh, relaxed. What do you think, Petula? Oh yeah, definitely. Because again, um, I work on the computer. I know a lot of people who do, and one thing they say that you know sitting can create its own issues. So if you can stretch, do some walking as well, that definitely helps. Great. All right, well, let's get started with our presentation. So one thing we'd like to start with is we'd like to talk about, and really like to set some ground rules here. This is truly a discussion. We are here for you. We're here to give you the tools you need. We're here to discuss with you, to think some things through. And if you aren't hearing kind of the answer that you're wanting to hear, then please push us. We want you to, because we want to make sure that you get what you need out of this seminar. You'll see to your left, there's a mic stand. There's a mic stand there, and if you have a question at any time, please get up and use that mic. Be very careful and practice safety as you're walking through, and if you have a bag on the floor, if you could pick that up or push it under your table, because we, we wouldn't want anyone to trip or fall over your bag, or push it under your table, would be great too to do that. But walk up and ask a question and we'd like for you to use the mic just so that everybody in the room can hear the question, right? And not just hear the answer. And again, push us. We're here, Petula and I are really passionate about uh, this and uh, how to avoid burnout. So it's something we wanna make sure we're getting to you the answers that you, you need when you leave the seminar. How's that sound? Good? Okay, well let's get going. So connecting values, Petula, did you want to uh, chat a little bit about connecting values? Sure. So in terms of connecting values, and you know, I've been working in industry for, for several years, and I think one of the things I now understand that I didn't understand when I first got out into the workplace is really, you know, working to make a paycheck, you know, we can all understand that, but also kind of look at what your values are and what's important to you. And so as the first slide indicates, you know, you look at what you value most, and now between you can work different places, you can work remotely, you can travel, you could not travel, you know, really what do you value most? Do you want to be innovative? Do you look for security? Are you looking for an equity stake in a job versus a high paycheck? You know, but what do you really value most? You know, if you have or want to start a family, if you're dealing with older relatives, those are things to think about as well. So definitely knowing what do you value and then understand from that who shares your values. And you know, we do have a career fair there that's going on. You know, and really understand where you work or where you might want to work, do the research and see what do they value. Because if you want to have 
peace and maybe work-life balance and the place you're going to or in is very a personality type, you know, that can definitely lead to a disconnect that can lead to burnout. Mm -hmm. And then think about what your values are and what your priorities are. You know, for some people, you know, they want to be millionaires by the time they're 30. Well, you know, that, that's a priority, you know, but that means a certain level of sacrifice that's different than someone who maybe wants to travel the world by the 30. Um, and then look and see what do your activities and how do they reinforce your values? You know, I, I do a lot, as, as we both do in the community, you know, when there's a lot of things about doing things with the community, being socially conscious, you know, but are you doing activities that really reflect that as a value? And when you're thinking about values, thinking about how the place you work, because you spend a lot of time at work, so you gotta really think about if the place you're gonna spend a good portion of your time is a disconnect in terms of your values and what you think is a priority, you know, that's, that's the seeds of burnout right there. Because, you know, you can get through the honeymoon period, but after a certain point, that honeymoon's gonna be over. And then is when the burnout's really gonna come out when you see that disconnect. Okay, I love that. So who, let me see a show of hands. The honeymoon's over. <laughs> we are no longer, a lot of us are no longer in the honeymoon period. So, and that's great. That's part of a career, right? So that's why we're here to find out and focus on finding that value. And I, I'd love to add that, not only connecting the value, but sometimes it's, right, it's on us, right? We can't wait for someone else to tell us what that is. So if you are in a role and you see that maybe you won't get out of it anytime soon, then work to find, you know, what is meaningful? There's something that's meaningful. You know, not to, uh, uh, I don't know what your belief system is, right? But sometimes life, we all have our own journey. And there are times that we're in places in our lives for a reason, right? Sometimes it's a, a reason for a lesson or to teach us something or to help someone else. Or So we've got to look at, try to dig deep and see, you know, this is where I am now. How can I make the most of this? How is this fulfilling? Let me find that fulfillment. And then if you don't find it, have a discussion with your leader about it. For those of us who are in our careers, you know, have that discussion when you're talking about career pathing and growth. Seek out a mentor and say that, you know, this is something I'm really looking for. I want to be fulfilled and, and find value in my role. And you'd be surprised putting yourself out there. Sometimes, you know, what you're looking for and what your needs are uh, a lot of times it can yield some great things. So don't be afraid to step out on faith and, you know, step out on a limb and take that risk and have that conversation. Now, preserving identity. Uh, th this is pretty, pretty, uh, really great topic to talk about because um, in this seminar, this isn't about reading a deck to you. We can all read. We can all see a PowerPoint. It's truly about having the discussion. So um, we're all unique, we all have qualities, and we have to say, what is your personal brand, right, as far as what you're doing? So the value connects to your identity and who you are, right? So this is almost an exercise that's very introspective. So we want to try to get out, move away from the thinking that we are kind of victims of our circumstance. Right? So we all get burned out. We all multitask. I was evacuated from a hotel room at 2 a.m. last night, <laughs> unexpectedly. 
here downtown because of a gas leak. Everyone was safe, everyone is fine, but things like that happen and we roll with it, right? And we're better because of it. And we say to ourselves, wow, boy, I can multitask. Boy, I'm calm in a storm. Wow, right? So instead of focusing on what we're, we're victims of and oh, we're, our life is so busy, there's a saying that I wanna share with you that is very impactful and I want you to take it with you away from this seminar. And I think it's something that you really, really love. And it's kind of a life-changing statement when it comes to avoiding burnout. And this statement is a tool I want you to use. It'll really change your life. So instead of saying, oh, I have to pick up the kids, right? I have to go to the post office. I have to be at work at 8 a.m. today. I have to have back-to-back -to -back meetings all day. I have to do a global conference call at 8 p.m. tonight. I have to go to my aunt's uh, bedside who's not doing well. Say, I get to, right? Try it. I get to go to my kid's game. I get to go to work at 8.30. I get to have back-to-back -back meetings. I get to wake. If you say, it seems minor and it seems a little... Uh, nerdy, and I embrace my nerddom. I am a nerd, <laughs> but try it. I want you to try. Can somebody give me an example? Somebody say I get something that kind of stresses you out. Pick something. If you don't volunteer, I'm going to call on somebody. Yes, yeah, stand up. Instead, can you go to the mic? Would you mind? Thank you. And what is your name? My name's Adam Mary. Nice to meet you. Thank you. So, what do you say? Say, say give us a statement. I have to do this. What is it? Something. I have to do my homework for analytical chemistry. Oh, you have. Oh, everybody, boo. Come on, everybody, boo. Okay, now change that. And instead say. I get to go to school, get an education, and do my analytical Yay. <laughs> Don't you feel better already? Yes. <laughs> That one takes time. Come on up, please. Yes, I'd love you to. Yes, please, come on up and do one. This is, and try it at home. Try it in the mirror. It really can be life-changing. It really, you're owning, right? And you're focusing on the positive, and it kind of uplifts you and keeps you going. Please, and what is your name? My name is Felicia Latif, and I'm with AT&T. Okay. And I have to work on an annual enrollment benefits uh, presentation. Oh. After the gala tonight. Oh, boo. Everybody, boo. Oh, we don't like that. Yeah. Okay. But now, I get to work on a presentation to 230,000 employees to help them with their health and their loved ones and selecting the benefits that are going to make the rest of their life better. Yay. And can you wait there for a moment? Because we're going to tie this into what we're talking about here, what Petula has said earlier. Petula said something about identifying your what? Your values. So she just said that you get to do what? You get to help. help. I'm sorry, you get to help people. Help people. Wow. I, I'm curious to know. I wonder, is helping a part of your personal value system, helping people? It is. Wow, it works, people. It's magic. <laughs> so good for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Petula, passion.
<laughs> well, I think just to one more point about identity, uh, one of the things that is really important is that nowadays with marketing and social media, make sure, even if it's not, marketing is not your, your strength or your career, that you have a brand and that that helps you stand out. I, I will profess I'm not the biggest in social media, but one thing that I learned over the years and what I've used in interviews, particularly people want to know what you can bring different to an organization. So think in terms of, oh, do I have to fit into a certain mold? Well, no, no. They don't want five people who do the same thing. They want someone who's different, someone that's unique. And I've come up with this pitch, which you can, I should probably make this a, um, uh, should probably patent, you know, trademark this or something. Um, so people say, in some interview, they'll say, what skills do you have or whatnot? Um, and I'll say, you know, I would say, because I do project management, that my project management style is like a personal trainer. And if you've had a personal trainer, you know what that's like. You know, typically, you get one if you want to do something, and if you haven't been able to get it done yourself, you get a personal trainer to help you. Sometimes that's painful, because, you know, they're trying to push you. But you come in together trying to put um, a common goal into place, and that personal trainer is trying to support you. And so after many years of work, I said, hmm, I'm going to make that my brand. Because, and it also goes back to my values. That's my personality and style. And so I'll tell people straight up, this is what I am. I'm not the most nurturing person, <laughs> which is why I'm not in nursing or anything like that. But to me, it goes back to your values and identity. And if you're honest with yourself and position it in a way that emphasizes the strengths that you can bring to an organization, either when you're at now or when you might want to go to in the future, then there's less burnout because you're already starting in a good place because you've recognized what you're about and you found a place that recognizes and appreciates what you bring to the table. Wonderful. And all of this ties into the reason we're here are tools to avoid burnout, right? So that's our focus today. We want to really help you with that. So when you leave this seminar, we want to make sure that you have some tools in your toolkit to help you avoid burnout. So we want to do a check back. We'll circle back with you near the end to make sure that we helped you to do that a little bit. We'll also offer some resources for you as well. Mm -hmm. Now, cultivating passion for sure, Tula. Sure. Well, in terms of cultivating passion, you know, we spend so much time at work. It's important to understand, you know, you can, it's a blessing if your work is your passion because there's a saying, if you find your passion, you don't work a day in your life, which is beautiful. You know, but people are very complex and have a lot of different interests. Mm -hmm. I myself, I'm an IT project manager, but I also do travel writing. Very different skill set than managing technology projects. But I know what I like to do. I recognize that there are things I like to do that my full-time job doesn't allow. It's on me to make the time to be able to do something outside, but it gives a sense of completeness that if you know your workplace isn't going to provide that 100%, there's nothing to say you can't go out on your own and do something different. I have a really, really good friend who's a dermatologist, and she, with a, a, a female friend of hers, they're starting um, a skincare line. You know, so it's kind of in the dermatology, but something totally different than what you would do, you know, nine to five seeing patients in a clinic. So that's to say, you know, in cultivating your passion, you know, what is that, and how can either you can do that in your current workplace or you can find it in side areas. This is where I say doing volunteer work is a great way to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, there are so many different places in the community where we can support our communities and ourselves. You know, whether your passion is working with kids, working with the environment, working with animals, 
if you like to travel, if you're into, you know, you name it, being able to take a few hours a month to do something that aligns with your passion that complements what you might be doing in the workplace, I find can be so helpful in burnout. Yes, thank you for uh, talking about that. And one of the, the most important words um, on this slide is align. If you notice, we talked about value, identity, what you're passionate about, all of that should align. And again, volunteer work is amazing. A lot of us in the room do that and more, right? But even with volunteer work, we acknowledge that you can burn out on volunteer work alone. You can do so much that it becomes too much, right? So it's uh, really finding out what, which one of those volunteer activities really is your passion. And again, the branding of you, is it, is it a reflection of who you are, right, as a person? So we also wanted to share with you that um, we have some, well, we have some resources for you here today that aren't in this deck that was provided earlier. So there's some great books out there that we have for you that we will share after the conference, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, we'll pass something around to get all of your email addresses. There are great books out there around uh, what you can do to help avoid burnout. I mean, we're all experts of doing that. Any one of us at this table could be right up here in this microphone talking about how to avoid burnout. And as a matter of fact, what you don't know is that we are going to see some of the experts who are in this room share with us some of their secrets. Yes, thanks for coming up for a question. How can we help? I have a question because often the reward for good work is more work. And so when you have your director or someone above you asking you to take on more, that could also lead to burnout, but yeah. you know that it's going to yield benefits in the future. What is your advice for balancing, okay, I'm doing good work, it's being recognized, I'm getting more work, but I don't want to drop the ball on anything and I don't want to be burnt out. So what advice could you both share? Yeah, I think Patula and I can both share some advice on that. Patula, why don't you start? Well, this is interesting because this came up in a session I did earlier. And I think the biggest thing is to really understand priorities and expectations. Um, for instance, I'm working on a project now. I'm a morning person. The project director I work with is on the West Coast. I get up at 6 in the morning Eastern time. And so by 4 p.m. Eastern, I'm sort of done. Done. And we have an understanding because my director is not going to be doing stuff on Eastern Standard Time to accommodate me, and we both have families. I'm not going to stay late to accommodate her schedule, but we couldn't get there without an honest discussion up front because you don't want to wait till something happens mm -hmm. and then try to have that discussion. That can be really a challenge. Uh, the other piece is priorities. You know, weekly I meet with the same director and I say, because there's just a whole lot going on and asking her, you know, what are the top three things we want to accomplish this week? Because I can make my own priority list, but I want to make sure that I'm aligned with her priority list. And as you're getting newer things, you know, part of the ask is, well, you want me to do more work, is this higher priority than the old work? You know, if you want me to do extra, what type of support are you going to provide with me in terms of maybe an assistant or an aide or an intern? Or are you saying this new work supersedes my old work and so everything's good? But you have to be able to start the discussion because 
in my experience, if the employee or the person who's the professional doesn't start the discussion, it can be a real challenge after the fact when, when there are conflicts, and conflicts are gonna happen, that's okay, but being proactive and setting the expectations, understanding the priority is so important because we're all being asked to do more with less. You know, that's kind of the nature of the world today. You know, but if you don't push back and say, well, this is what I can do, you know, another thing you can say, well, if you want my best work, these are the three things I can accomplish this week. And see if that matches what they think is important. But to try to do everything and be everything to everyone, you know, that's a recipe for burnout. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to, to just expound upon that a little bit, it, it does take some courage, right? It takes some courage to have these discussions because sometimes it can be a, a difficult discussion depending on your leader, right? And who they are, what their value system is. They, their value system may not align with yours. So Patula brings up some very good points. And just be ready and be prepared for when that time happens to, to immediately say, well, let's chat. Do you have some time to, to talk a little more about this and get on their calendar? And then when you do talk about it, I'd love to hear that you said the exact same thing you said in the microphone. What did you say? You said, yeah, I love the extra responsibility. My concern is that I want to show you that I have, I can take it on, but I want to make sure I'm not dropping the ball anywhere. But I know doing the work, exactly what you just said. And I know it can be tough, but in the end, I found that uh, the companies I've worked for, and I've worked for many different types and styles of leaders with different styles and different value systems and priorities that were not at all aligned with my <laughs> priorities. Um, but all of those leaders respected the fact that I stood up and had the conversation. So no matter what you're dealing with or who you're dealing with, people respect and leaders respect at the end of the day that you're bringing it up. Does that help? Does that help you? Oh, you're welcome. Great. Thanks for the question. Hi. What's Hi. your name? My name's Betsy. I'm actually backtracking a second. Sure, so please. Growing up as a kid, I would whine and complain to my mom, and she said, don't say have to, say get to. And <laughs> I'm a product of that, so when you said it, I was like, now I have to go text my mom. Like, <laughs> good. Kind of want to share have. with everyone else is growing up, I felt really stupid saying that, but I've learned that I'm now a lifelong learner because of it, and I am stuck in a team right now where there are a bunch of can'ts and won'ts. Ugh and have to's, and so I just wanted to share that because that's what's putting me apart from the rest of my team. Excellent, so, yeah, let's just saying you're, you're right on track there. Very good, that's a great real life example of how that can work for you. So it it's really is um, having the mindset and the view of yourself and your circumstance, and that goes beyond, right, our professional careers, there are things that happen in our personal lives that are devastating or tragic, right? But we always have to dig deep. Dig deep and find what is going to keep you uplifted and moving forward and avoiding burnout. So you very <laughs> Hello. Hello. Um, I wanted to ask how you handled a situation where you were working, you came in and you had expectations to do something and those expectations changed because the strategic goals of the company changed. For example, I was um, 
hired by a company to come in and start up their supplier quality organization. When I got there, um, I started working on it, getting to hire people and everything. And then the strategic goal of the organization changed to the point where I was not managing, I was doing. So then I get into a burnout where I'm commuting an hour and a half one way and then uh, running around in the factory, doing this, doing that, um, sometimes working two shifts, so from 8 o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night, and then driving home mm. an hour and a half, mm. and then doing it again that next day. Mm. So I was wondering, you know, how would you handle that when you're Companies, I ended up leaving. But anyway, I <laughs> just was wondering if anybody else had that experience where the um, what you were supposed to do when you were hired into the job changed. And then the other thing is I have a caution is that um, I do a lot of volunteer work. And so I'm cautioning people not to do too much because that's another way you can burn out. I went to um, in between jobs, I went to culinary schools, and then I started working at a homeless shelter cooking. And then I was singing with three choirs, mm -hmm. and then also <laughs> I, I'm on like two major committees, um, one a regional level in a sorority. So, um, you know, you can get burned out really quick, and so you have to learn how to say no. And so that's one thing that I have done on the volunteer side is to learn how to say no. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Learn <laughs> how to say no. Learn how to say no. Learn how to say no. That's another tool, right? Learn when to say yes, when someone offers you help, and learn how to say no. There's a respectful way to do that. But back to your question. Yeah, about, you know, on the corporate side, mm -hmm. you know, what happens when, when things change, and they will, and I've been in um, many, many situations, I mean, I can say, well, I'm an old head. I've been working for 42 years, and so I have been in a lot of situations, and there have been changes. So I'm just wondering how have people, other people handled those situations? Mm -hmm. Well, um, what first, I commend you because change is the constant. And one of the things that took me several years to realize is that I would interview for jobs I'd get there, and then the job would change. And then I had to realize, well, this isn't my job. I didn't write the job. It's the company's job. And at any given time, you could go in, and it's different than what they sold you. But I mean, you know, it is, they're the ones who did the position. They're the ones who did the posting. You know, literally in the job I have now, I interviewed. It took them two months to get back to me, and I found out from an internal person that I knew there that in the interim, they had went through a huge reorg. <laughs> And so, you know, there were some expectations that didn't show up in the interview. And you have to really sort of stop and think, okay, it's going to be changed. What are going to be my values and my passion and how much I want to be a chameleon to accommodate those changes? Now, to your point, you know, asking the question in an appropriate way, you know, you want to be an effective contributor to the team. You need sleep. You need food. You need time to regroup. <laughs> You know, and asking just on, an, on a general basis, is this position going to allow you to be the best person you can be for the company? And put that question out to management. Because one of the things, if, if you believe some stats, 
you know, turnover is high, people are retiring, people can't seem to hire the people they want, and then the people who are attractive, you know, they come and go because they have attractive and needed skill sets. So from the employer perspective, you look at it and say, well, what can I do to make the experience working? Challenging, definitely, change is a given, but again, this is a good opportunity to stop and say, hey, you want the best of me, you have to be able to meet me halfway and be able to move it forward. And you said you had left. You know, I had been in situations where I actually changed roles within a company, which can happen in bigger companies. Sometimes you have to change into a different type of organization, but that starts with you and thinking about it, okay, I got the job. Am I happy to have a job and so I'll do whatever I need to do to keep it? That's one approach. But if you were expecting X, Y, and Z, and you got X but not Y and Z, for whatever reason, deciding can I live with the changes or do I need to make a hard choice to get what I think is important? So again, uh, just to expound upon that, number one is our health, safety, and personal welfare. The situation you were in, regardless of what you could supply for your company, was unsafe working conditions for you. And if that's the case, you have to immediately raise the red flag and say, I am in an unsafe condition. I'm driving at night. Accident could happen. I know the company values my personal safety. So what can we do to make those changes? So for those of us, we have people in the room who are at different stages in our careers. If you are entering the workforce or just beginning your career, that is okay and expect it. Your personal safety and health is number one. Okay, does everybody agree with me? Personal health and safety is number one beyond the, the courage. You have to make sure that you're safe, right, first. So that was number one. You're listening to Keep the Flames Burning, connecting values, preserving identity, and cultivating passion to avoid burnout. A professional development seminar. Featuring Petula Brown and Brandy Merritt. Brought to you by the Women of Color STEM Conference. Uniting women in STEM by continuing the press for progress. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Number two, from my perspective, is there's another saying. We all have choices. We all have choices and you made a choice to leave. <laughs> so don't ever feel that you're ever stuck in a situation that you cannot get out of. You have to be your own advocate and advocate for yourself, right? So your value system has to make you, I know in, in different households we, we have different priorities of what comes first and second in our own homes, but in the workplace, you have to be your own advocate. And think about what you would do in the same situation that you're dealing with, right? Think about how would you manage it if it were your little sister, right? How would you manage it if this were your elderly grandmother? You would be, I know everybody in this room, you'd be handling it and you know dealing with it. You have to give yourself that same care, right? And advocate for yourself just as though you would advocate for someone else in your life if they needed it, right? And sometimes we don't do that. We kind of put ourselves like, oh, I'm, I'm okay, I'll deal with it. No, advocate for yourself. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that. I hope that's 
helpful what uh, we shared with you on that. And thank you for sharing your story. We'd love to hear more stories today during the discussion. Hi, you Hi. have a question and what is your yes. name? Yes, um, my name is Gail. Hi, Gail. And um, I just wanted to go back to the volunteer mm -hmm. because I think sometimes, I do a lot of volunteer work and I think sometimes we forget it is volunteer. <laughs> and I think that my experience is that just because you're doing volunteer, the people that you're working for may not always have your level of expertise or background, and you have certain expectations, and they may not. And I think that we also can set ourselves up to be taken advantage of because you're volunteering in something that's truly dear to your heart, and you get caught up in it. And mm -hmm. people are expecting more and more, but you have to say, wait a minute, this is volunteer. So I think there's a balance there that sometimes you lose, at least I have at times, because I'm very much interested in what I'm doing, but at the same time, I'm taking on more and more responsibility, and I'm like, well, this is a volunteer job. So that's all I wanted to say. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Gail. We appreciate that. Yep. And actually, as you were talking, you know, it's really important that recognizing volunteer is volunteer. You know, when you have a job, you know, there's economic considerations, you have to think about benefits and whatnot, right? But volunteering, just in the last few months, I was on the board of a uh, sporting team one of my daughters is in. Someone asked me to be on the board, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do what I can. I was on it less than a year, and I resigned because I saw some stuff that I couldn't work my head around, and there were some personality differences, and we'll leave it at that. But I realized, you know, this was causing me more stress than I was giving as a benefit to them. And at any point, you look at somebody and say, well, you know, if what I'm getting or what I'm giving is being compromised because the environment in which it is in is going to affect my mental health, my physical health. I don't have time for things like exercise or traveling that I really enjoy. You know, and it's, it's hard because you want to do the right thing, but if you're in a situation that the environment doesn't allow you to do so, you know, you're just creating a situation for more burnout for yourself and not helping the organization either. Mm -hmm, absolutely. That was great. Hi, we have another question. And what is your name, please? Hi, my name is Tijan. Um, Hi. So I actually have two questions, or is this one? Please, okay, yes, sorry. please. Okay, so, um, so I guess first question. So how can you tell the difference between, let's say, burnout versus you maybe just not putting enough effort? Because, like, what's the difference between, like, let's say you get this feeling like, oh, you don't want to do this work. How can you tell that it's a result of burnout or you just maybe not? Let's say, like, for a worst case scenario, you're just being lazy and, like, oh, my God, like, I just don't feel like it today. I can tell the difference between that, like, it's, like you're, like, you're legitimately feeling this way or are you just, like, not pushing yourself hard enough to actually do the next thing? And a second question, okay, so let's, let's, do you think there are situations in life where you, you absolutely have to do something and it's, you're not passionate about it, but you still have to do it? And if so, like, how can you deal with it? Let's say for a situation, um, like your family member is sick and then you have to, you need like extra income to like pay for expenses or whatever. You're not necessarily passionate about doing it, um, but you're doing it because it's your family member. So how do you get through that? And there may be times of burnout, but like how do you get through that knowing you have to do this because it's your family member, but at the same time you can't necessarily like think your way out of it, like say, oh yeah, like I, I can do this, if you know what I'm saying. Right, I'd love to address the first one uh, first that you uh, asked about. It's for me, and these are great, are great questions, and this is great discussion. Has everybody enjoyed the discussion? Let's give a hand for 
those who are coming up and sharing their stories and asking questions. Let's get, get more of that. Um, yeah, so it's important. I think another tool for uh, helping to avoid burnout is getting a mentor in the workplace. It's really important. One thing that we don't do, particularly as women or people of color, uh, we aren't very good about seeking out mentors. So if you see a mentor at work who, you, who seems to be balancing it all or has a lot going on, seek out that mentor. Not only talk about maybe future possible roles in the company, but also talk about this. How do I balance? How do I find the balance? And in seeking out a mentor is just as easy as running into someone in the elevator. That's why they call it an elevator speech, right? So practice your elevator speech, which is your brand. So if you do run into someone in an elevator who'd make a great mentor, it's something that you can share with them the time you're in an elevator. So that's why it's called an elevator speech, because you only have about a minute to share it. And say, can I get about 15 minutes? Would you mind on your calendar? Do you think we could sit down for 15 minutes? There's a, a lot I, I Love to ask you about it, like to learn a little more about your department. So then again, it's being brave, right? And taking that risk. So that's part of it too. So I think a mentor can help identify for you because they're on the outside looking in if you are truly stressed or if you maybe are working harder and not smarter. Sometimes you have to kind of get feedback from the outside looking in. And then you, if you do have a leader who's not your mentor, but a developmental leader in your reviews. When you sit down for your annual reviews or your quarterly reviews or however your company works, ask questions. Say, this is how I'm feeling. I'd love your feedback. What do you see? So ask those tough questions you know, of people. And number two, I'll uh, address your question, then I'll hand it over uh, to Fatula, is that yes, there are times in life when we do have to do things that we are not passionate about. I think we've all experienced those. And there's a word, there's a word that we develop, right? That word, actually two words, strength and resiliency. And resiliency is frequently on reviews and how you're critiqued at work. Is this person resilient? So a person who is resilient is mature, right? I have a nine-year-old, he's not very resilient. <laughs> Right now, he's oh, you know, but as he matures and grows, he'll become more and more resilient. So that's a strength that you have to push through those situations. In those cases, you might have to balance and prioritize what you're doing and say, so now I have to take care of my grandfather or my uncle. I have to do this. Don't have the time. Don't have the energy. You know, I'm kind of at, but maybe something else might have to drop. You might have to go to your leader and say, hey, you know, I need to work from home on Fridays for six weeks. Make a plan, right? You may belong to a volunteer organization that you're passionate about, but right now you don't have time for passion. You've got to handle your business and push through a situation. So in, the, in those moments, we really define who we are and define our character. And those are the moments, the times in your life, and let me know if anybody disagrees, the times in your life when you're going through things that you don't have a passion for that you have to do. You have to plan that funeral. You have to go to someone's bedside in the hospital, right? Those moments really make you who you are. It's a testament to the strength and the character and your value system. 
So yes, we push through those times and we say, and we get to do this. Okay, does that, do you feel good about that? Okay, right. good. Well, and the only thing I would add is that, um, you know, I think even if you have a job you love, you know, there are headaches. You know, I love traveling and I love writing, but if you know what travel is like in airlines now, I mean, you know, people who love traveling may get irritated. In almost any job you have that you really like, there are pieces that aren't that great. You know, we have monthly reporting, which I totally can't stand. But I can say, you know, that's a sliver of it. And as a majority of it keeps me going and it gets me up out of bed and then I feel like I have a positive relationship, it's okay. If at any point, like when I resign from the board, that there's not enough there that's positive, that's constructive, that I like doing to compensate for the stuff that I really don't like doing, then I think you really get into to burnout territory. Because really it's a matter of you know things that you value and that you're passionate about helping you get over the line yeah. over stuff you don't like. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my older daughter, she loves to cook, loves, but she hates to clean, right? <laughs> and I'm just like, well, you're not gonna cook and leave me to clean up your mess, right? <laughs> but, you know, you look at it and say, if you wanna have the benefit, you have to do both sides. And if at any point you can't do both sides, you know, then it's not really worth the effort because you just can't always get what you like out of something. You have to do, you know, the grunty work, the stuff that's not as exciting, but you just put it in context of the bigger picture. And if in the bigger picture, you know, for instance, you're doing work that you feel passionate about, yeah, you know, once a month you might have to do some stuff you don't like to do, you know, but you can live with that. But as soon as what you can live with becomes less than what you can't live with, then you're at risk mm -hmm. of burnout. That's right. Yeah, push through and build that muscle. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hi, what's your name? Good afternoon. My name is Anna Olson, and I'm with Booz Allen Hamilton. Hello. Hello. And um, I just hear a theme, especially with some of the ladies that have spoken right now and the, the gentlemen, on boundaries. And so as women, as women of color, people of color, I think we tend to overcompensate sometimes on taking on too much. Um, and then on the reverse side to what the gentleman was saying about burning out because you're doing too much, sometimes when you're really passionate about something, you can lose foresight and forget to set those boundaries around your work life and your personal life. I almost, um, my marriage almost fell apart because mm -hmm. I was working and I was like, this is, this is how I want to be defined. And I just learned a lot from just trying to set those boundaries and making sure that you understand your priorities and, you know, embrace your cultural uh, background and don't forget who you are, but also make sure that when you are aspiring to be a leader and want to aspire to continue to learn and grow, because we're all learners, that you set those boundaries because your career can consume you and then you'll be left alone. So, Patula, to your point, you love to travel. Um, as a mother of a nine-year-old, I have a 10 and 12-year-old. How do you set those boundaries and how have, have your boundaries helped you be successful? Well, it, it's interesting you, you mentioned the travel because before I had kids, I actually did more travel writing you know, I was on press trips, and, and it was really great. Uh, but travel writing as a field until you get to, you know, the top echelon, you know, it's not necessarily guaranteed pay. Benefits is kind of iffy. So actually, for the last few years, my focus is in healthcare, information technology, project management. But still, I have a column that I write for a paper out in Ann Arbor that highlights places you can drive within four hours that are called healthful hideaways. So there are places that you can go meditate, um, spiritual retreats and such, you know, and it's different than when I was going to Kentucky and to 
Arizona. But the important thing is that I keep it going because then, you know, eventually my kids are going to be off and, you know, whatever, that I can pick it back up right. and then keep my toe in it so that when I want to get back into it more, I've got a portfolio of work that I've been able to keep that's within the confines of my abilities to do. Yes, thank you. Another tool, boundaries, and uh, I will respond. Uh, it's it's tough. I'm one of those type A people. I'm going to keep it real, real here. I'm a type A personality, and sometimes I do believe I overcompensate. I was raised being taught that as an African-American female, you have to be 200% better. When you walk outside of this door, you not only represent your family, but you represent every black person in America. <laughs> And that never weighed on me. I, I embraced it. it. It wasn't a bad thing. It, it helped me to soar and push me to work hard and, and help me to have pride in, in who I am. And no, I'm representing every black person in America. So I have to be careful about the choices I make and I have to work hard. But yes, it, it's tough uh, to have those boundaries. I had a, a doctor during one of my pregnancies tell me, you have to learn when to say yes and you need to learn when to say no. So I'm one of those people, I don't want help, I don't want to ask for help, I can do it myself. And by the way, I can do what you're doing, let me help you, and let me help you, and let me help you behind the scenes. But I love it, I'm driven by it, but sometimes you have to make those boundaries. And as you were saying, as a mom of a nine-year-old, uh, I found that I rely on other uh, moms at, at, in my home life, and in my work life, I have built those relationships where I can rely on other people at work. So beyond uh, having that mentor that you identify, build a network at work of people that even venting, right, can be a tool. Even talking, even going out to lunch, taking a walk around your building with somebody, stretching with a friend, right, is good. But know when to say yes and when to say no. And I'm telling you, the, the, the faster that you can talk about your boundaries, like we were saying earlier, instead of waiting, don't wait. The minute something comes up, say, you know, let's chat a little more about this. I want to make sure I have balance. I have some other things going on. I'm concerned. I want to give you what you, you need and what you're looking for as far as what you're asking. But let's talk about that because I want to bring you my very best self. So, yes, those boundaries, I do appreciate that uh, tool. And if anyone else has other tools in the audience to share, please come up and share them and share your experiences, okay? Thank you. This is your time, so we're here for you. Hi, what's your name? Hi, I'm Prabha. Hello. Um, I mostly get into the situations like, uh, like as you go up the ladder in the industry, you are being expected to do more and more, but you have the same amount of time, right? So I, f I think um, how to handle, the answer is you have to be good at delegation, right? So that is one of the things that you have to do. Uh, you, you need to understand how to delegate, when to delegate, and whom to delegate, right? So being, uh, I mean, saying is good, but telling that is good, but how to identify whom to delegate. You should have somebody in your team who can take it upon and uh, trustworthy. Like, I mostly find challenging there because uh, probably it's that kind of person I am, I always find it difficult to delegate because I don't get satisfied with the work, whatever <laughs> is done. And I always Who's been there? That, Raise your hand if you've been there. <laughs> Look I at everybody. I could have been done better. Why did I even delegate? <laughs> so how do I handle such?
institution. So I know I have to mentor those my teammates to bring it up to that level where I trust them and I know they are also doing equally good job. But until then, uh, how do I handle? And keep things keep changing in the um, office. Teams keep changing. People we work with keep changing. So it is very difficult. I I feel it is difficult to do that in all the cases. So I'm trying to get some tips on how we learn the art of delegation and um, still uh, we are giving the credits to both our team as well as uh, also I have the satisfaction okay I'm not dropping the ball anywhere and I'm still doing my part right right mm -hmm. I, I do that's a tough tough thing to do particularly thank you for your question particularly when you have higher standards and you've delegated to someone and they just mm -hmm. do not do it to right. the standard that you want it to um, a tip that I have for that, it can be tough to let go because sometimes it can be more work, but it's truly developmental for the person who you're delegating to. You're actually helping them. You're giving them a growth opportunity, right? And I know it can be tough because you might have to spend some time going back, but think about it. Once you give that to them, you'll go through a little pain because it won't be the way you want, but once you get them and grow them and develop them to get it to the way it should be, you're golden. And then it's a win-win because they feel like you care for them, right? Which you do, because if you care for them, you want to develop them and you want them to do the very best work possible. Not to say it won't cause any pain in a little more time, right? Mm -hmm. But doing that shows them that they care, you become a developmental leader and they look to you like, oh my goodness. And then when you delegate to them, tell them I'm giving you an opportunity. This assignment, and which is, right? Every assignment that we take on at work or in our organizations, those are opportunities for us to grow and develop. So when you give that assignment to them, say, you know, I want to give you this opportunity. Yes, it's something that we, have a we as a team are responsible for. I'm ultimately responsible as uh, your leader or the, the team leader of this team, but I'm going to give you this growth opportunity. And I'd like for you to take this on and give it really clear expectations. You don't have to micromanage, but just very clear expectations of what you're looking for and hold them accountable. Right. So that's a, a tip that well, I would share. Petula. Definitely. And as I heard you speaking, what we brought to mind, I've worked in software development organizations, and one thing you might have heard of is paired programming. And basically what that concept is, is that, and this is partially because when people go on vacation, you know, you don't want things to stop, and you have two programmers who work together so that they're both involved in developing the code. And so if one of them goes on vacation, maternity leave, whatever, um, you're able to keep the work going. So that same concept you can use in so many other places. For instance, when people go on vacation, you know, being able a week before you go on vacation to have someone who's shadowing you who they can keep the work going so that it's not old, totally on your shoulders is a derivation of delegation because then at least you have someone who has your back and they have yours is another way to do that. I know some companies who they, again, for a work-life balance, where one, where two people share a 40-hour role, two people, so that it's 20 hours for each person, but they split two, two and a half days, two and a half days, but they have to be really coordinated to make sure that there's seamless work. But that gets to work-life balance, and then if you can get someone you trust who you can share that position with, 
then you have someone who's automatically at your, you know, your each other's back so that you have some support to help you move things forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, thank you, hello. Hi, what's your name? Victoria Moore from Consumers Energy. Um, I feel like the theme here has been a lot of boundaries and how you make them. And I just wanted to speak a little bit because you encouraged us to come up about the boundaries mm -hmm. that I had to set for myself. So I'm still a young professional. I won't say when I was, I'm still a young professional. But when I started, like we were saying, I felt like I wasn't allowed to have boundaries, that I had to prove myself and I had to do everything <laughs> all the time. And I was in a job where Someone went on maternity leave, and then someone moved uh, to another job, and all of a sudden I had the job of three people. And then I didn't, everyone else had children, and I didn't have children, and so then the expectation was I could do everything all the time. So I was doing all the emergent work. I was doing like 12-hour days, coming in on emergent work on weekends, and then I had the impression that I had to be in my seat just to be in my seat until 5.30, even though I come in at 7 o'clock and everybody else comes in at 8, 8.30, 9. And so I had all these expectations, and I volunteer a lot too. Right? So I have all these expectations and all this passion, and I got burned out. I got burned out because I was doing way too much you know, to, by myself. You know, I was still helping my family. I was still doing volunteering. So when I came to this job I'm currently in, I made it clear. I said, I come in at 7 o'clock. <laughs> okay? I eat at my desk. I don't even go anywhere. So I'm going to leave at 3.30 unless I need to stay longer. I'm not going to be in my seat just to be in my seat. And then I had to set boundaries with volunteering and everything. I said I won't hold more than one position where I have to actively do work in an organization. My other volunteer opportunities, I go here and there once a week. I said I won't have more than two weeks. I'll have at least two weekdays where I don't have any extra curricular things happening outside of work. And I have at least two weekends a month I don't have any additional things that I'm doing. So part of that is boundaries I set for myself, time at work, what I'm going to do and what I'm committing to times of my weekdays, what I do outside of work. So those, I'm a big scheduler, so I'm a big calendar person. So that for me, visually helping seeing it and seeing the openness and it opened up in the last job that I had really helped me set those boundaries at work right now, early in my career where I took a stand and I was like, this is not going to continue. So I just wanted to share. Good for you. No, thank, thank you. Thank that you. was awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you for sharing that. Actually, as you were speaking, what came to mind, two things is that you know, we are mistresses and masters of our own fate. And for instance, there's eight hours a day. Typically, the beginning of the week, I always schedule 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes of afternoon walk time. And I put it on the calendar. Because in my role, if, you don't, if there's a space on the, open on the calendar, chances are someone will take it. So put on the stuff that you want to have done first and foremost, and then people will work around your schedule. The second thing that I notice is that, especially when you're relatively new in the field, um, you want to show that you're adding value and that you're making a difference and that there's a perception, you know, you want to have that face time. Also, make sure that people know what you're contributing and you control the narrative. So typically, you know, every two weeks, I'll meet with my manager and I'll lay out the things I've accomplished, the things I've done, and so it's less about how much time I've spent, which is, has its own point, but if I spent all the time there and I didn't get anything accomplished, you know, what point would have it been at any rate? Versus I've done these five things, and if I could do it in 30 hours, that's not the, the point is that it got done. 
But again, you have to take the narrative control because if you don't take the control of the narrative and let people see what you're bringing value to, all they're going to do is fall back to what they're used to. And if they're in the old school 40 hours a week, you got to sit in a chair 40 hours, even if you haven't done anything, imagine how much you can get done, but you have to show them because if you don't tell them, don't assume they know. That was such great discussion. I think this is great what we're doing here, and I hope you're enjoying it. So what we're going to do now, we're going to break out. We're going to break out at our own tables. So we'd love for you to, at your own tables, we want you to talk about the takeaways and the things that you learned and the tools that you learned here about avoiding burnout and how to do that. We've heard some great tools, and we'd love to now hear from you about some of those tools. So I'm going to call on each table. I'm going to give you about three minutes. And then after, at the end of that three minutes, each table, you're going to choose a spokesperson. And that spokesperson is going to come up to the mic and share with us the biggest takeaway. So have two, two takeaways, just in case another table. That always happens to me. They, another table always takes mine. So just in case that happens, have a couple of takeaways that you learned as a tool on how to prevent burnout and keep your passion alive. Okay, let's take a couple minutes for that. All right, now, your takeaway, your tool for avoiding burnout. Okay, let's do a drum roll on our tables. Come on, everybody. And what is it? Okay, so I have two, since you said give two points. So hi, everyone, my name is Jean Council. I'm hi, Jean. Lockheed Martin Corporation. <laughs> um, so two, one is, Make a plan and push through your situations, which you mentioned before, and not feeling guilty when you say no, because sometimes, you know, you want to do it, and you know your commitments, and you say, no, I don't want to do it, and then you feel guilty, so learning that you can't, if you can't, you don't have time for it, don't do it. Thank you. Thank Let's you. give a round of applause. Was that helpful? That was very helpful. Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. You, and the people, you didn't know this. Come back up to the mic, please. You, the, the people who are the spokespeople, you have to name your table. What's the name of your table team? Okay, come on. You already spoke. Come on. What's, the, oh, what's your name? Wow. Um, Give yourselves a name. Okay. Um, and be a proud of your name. All right. You put me on the spot, and sometimes I got to think hard. Okay. So we in the corner. Are the? So, um. The left back awesomeness corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next. <laughs> okay. Now, another drum roll. Okay. What are the things that you, the tools that you will take away to avoid burnout? So I'm Siobhan, and I'm from the table of the art of diversity. The art of diversity. All right. <laughs> The two takeaways for us, first off, is cultivating your positive energy because that's your euphoria and that's what you rise from as a phoenix, you could think nice. of that. And the second thing is also understanding that bridging that gap of reaching back and delegating is also growth for you and the future to come after you. Thank you. That was awesome. Okay, next, drum roll. Okay, and you represent, what is the name of your team? I represent the Gems over there. All right, Gems. <laughs> I see you, Gems. <laughs> and we talked um, about how 
Well, the first point is you are what you eat and how you treat your body. So burnout can actually come from you not treating your body well. Um, and something personally that I incorporate is instead of a lunch break sometimes, um, I go work out and that's an endorphin rush for the rest of my day. And that really, really helps um, instead of drinking coffee or stuff like that. Um, and then also our second point was back to the delegating, um, just making sure that um, you have your priorities straight. And that just, I guess, goes back to take care of your body, take care of you. Thank you. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. And next, drum roll, we have Hi, Anna Olsen, and I'm from Table Pole Dancers. Oh, Table Pole. <laughs> All right. Hey. All right, pole oh, dancers. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, that's a hobby. Um, so, which leads to um, making sure that we, as um, women, in order not to burn out, have hobbies whatever they may be, to distract from work, to have a diversity That's of activities. Right. And it goes to scheduling that me time that Patula mentioned about um, scheduling gym time, scheduling spa time, scheduling whatever time you have on the calendar and you're committed yeah. and it makes a habit. So those are- Thank you. Things. All right. Drum roll. Okay. Who's up next? Uh, my name is Kim and I represent the Go-Getters. All right, Go-Getters. <laughs> so two uh, takeaways that we got was uh, self-care is very important and if you set a schedule of like saying you want to go to the gym at this time to actually do it and another big takeaway was to learn how to say no so um, it's I work for the Navy I'm part of the Naval Sea System Command and in my work office we actually have a acronym that says Navy, which also means never again volunteer yourself. Thank you. Drum roll, please. Drum roll. And next up we have, who do we have, Petula? Hello, my name is Davida Lowe. I represent Consumers Energy, and I'm noticing there's a lot of generational differences at our table, so we're the awesome generation, generational collaborators. All right. Um, <laughs> and so one of our big takeaways was um, no is a complete sentence. Yeah. That's I love just it. no. No. Uh, <laughs> just no. If it's, you don't necessarily always have to give a reasoning behind something. If it doesn't mesh with your values or it's, it's too much effort to really give it a reasoning or an explanation for something, it's just mm -hmm. no. It's just no. I like it. Um, and then I think another one of our, our good takeaways that we had at our table was um, setting boundaries doesn't stunt your growth. It, I feel like a lot of it is not just don't pushing yourself at the very beginning of your career and trying to prove yourself is not always the quantity of work you do, but the quality. Yes. So. Thank you. Thank so. you. And we have about two more minutes, but this is great. Let another drum roll. And who are you from? Hello, I'm Rebecca Martin. All right, all right, chameleon. I don't see you, chameleons. <laughs> well, it relates to our values. So one of our main takeaways is that your boundaries and values can change. So something that was super important to you, you have to continually reevaluate and see, is it still really important to you? Because it might not be anymore. But then again, our second takeaway is that if it is still important to you and you see that that value isn't being met, then you need to decide if you really want to stay where you are. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for that. 
All right, the best for last. Come on, I'm curious to know. Drum roll. And what team do you represent? Empower Her. All right, Empower Her. <laughs> Our takeaway, it was um, it was the physical, the meditation, and the walking, and it was it all tied into uh, holistic health. So tying all the tools that you shared with us today holistically into our plan for our daily life, and then it was also bringing your best self to work. Wonderful. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Give yourselves a round of applause. Patula, do you have any parting words? I know we're right at time we're now. We're right it's at 4 time. 15. Well. You know, you should pat yourself on the back because you've taken some time right here to take the effort to really develop your own strategies that are going to work for you and hearing other strategies to reduce burnout. It's something you have to take ownership of. You need to control the narrative of because if you don't, no one else will. Absolutely. And my parting words are, it has been such a pleasure and an honor. Thank you for giving both of us the privilege to share with you today. We learned from you. We hope you learned some things from us. And let's keep learning together as women and as people of color, as men, as people who aren't of color. Let's just all, we're in this together. So let's live it, let's love it, and let's say we get to do this. All right, thank you. <laughs>